The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? Hot coffee, hot coffee. I there, ah, Brett Brock. This shirt ain't shit. Uh, today I'll be drawing, I don't know. I'll be drawing coffee. I'm Brett Brock. I'm Brett Brock's daddy. I got Brett Brock's shirt on again today, so I'm making believe I'm Brett Brock. Of course, I don't have the hair. I think I have... I think I have Brett Brock's hair in my drawer somewhere, but I'm not going to pull it out. Anyway, good morning, folks. Today is Thursday, February 17th. Almost made it through another week. Are you excited for the weekend? Why? Are you down with the trucker stuff? Are you with, do you stand with the truckers? You stand against the truckers? You there with drawing the truck? Shit. I'm sorry. I got, I'm on my Brett Brock thing. It's the shirt. The truckers are kind of um, being used. I, I hate to say that, but that's that's the truth. They're being used. And to their detriment, they're going to end up um, going down with the ship. Going down with the truck, as they say. Would I be willing? I think it's a good time to play willing. Isn't it a good time to play willing? Sure, it's a good time to play willing. If you don't know willing by Little Feet, good trucker song. You should check it out. Anyway. What's going on in Canada now? People who are already vaccinated think they're fighting for their freedom not to be vaccinated. But 90, I think the the latest stat is 94% of the truckers up there who are fighting against mandates for the vaccines have already been vaccinated. And this is not really their issue. And what's going to happen now is their bank accounts are being frozen. And they're going to lose their house and their their livelihood. They're going to lose their truck. And one guy, they had him on, uh, some reporter asked him, is it worth losing your truck? He said, yeah, that's a material thing. You know, freedom is worth so much more than that. You stupid fuck. (laughs) You don't, in, in, in a capitalist world, in a capitalist society, without scratch, without do re mi, without material things, you have no freedom. You think homeless people are free? Free to do what? Free to sleep on the street tonight. Yeah, that's. I guess that's freedom. That's worth more than your truck? You're about to find out. And I don't think, I'm not happy about that. Because I think these guys, are, and, and women who are doing it, but it's mostly guys, let's face it. Mostly male truck drivers. They think they're standing up for a cause worth fighting for 
and listen, I'm not for mandates. I'm not for hard mandates. I, I, I think it's it's silly, and especially at this point, and especially with 94% of them already being vaccinated. Um, you know, it is what it is, but they are being used, and they're being used for a political purpose, and, all, and most of them are going to go broke and lose their shit and not be free for anything. Fighting and again, they're they're pawns. They're pawns in a battle and disposable pawns. And the the people who are using them don't give a shit about them at all. So I would love to see, you know, bottom line here, I would love to see the governments of both countries give up on the idea of mandates, hard mandates for anybody. That being said, I would also love to see the truckers uh, get some fucking brains in their head. Uh, go about back to doing their jobs, being uh, the part of um, society they have chosen to be and that plays a valuable service in society uh, because they're hurting everybody with their just nonsense and stupidity. There are some hills worth dying for or dying on, some battles that are worth fighting for. If you've already been vaccinated, fighting against a vaccine um it's not the best hill to die on that's all i'm going to say about that that's where we are today folks so people um and they they're calling the people who are not on their side sheep for saying just go back to work you fucking idiots get off the street stop blocking stuff up stop slowing up those supply chains and i guarantee you, those people who support them are going to be the first ones complaining about supply chains Oh, uh, supply chains are blah, blah, blah. Hey, Kelly's with us. She got called off work. Good morning, Kelly. Good to see you there in the chat room. They call, called off my work. You know why they called off your work? Probably there's no supplies. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kidding. I don't think it, it's hit it, hitting the dry cleaning industry just yet, but it will eventually. If this keeps up much longer, but I don't think it can keep up much longer because they're freezing bank accounts. Is that a um, overstep by government? You bet it is. Freezing bank accounts and stuff, um, right to peaceful protest. As long as they're not burning down buildings like they were two weeks ago, because they did burn down a building full of people two weeks ago. Not they. They didn't all do it. A select, a short, a small group of them uh, burnt down a building. And I don't think any of those people have been held accountable yet, uh, even though they were on tape, uh, video evidence of them doing it. Um, so, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But I don't think that a lot of them are going to They talk a big game. But let's face it, when people are coming to take your house, when you have no money, your fortitude for your principles, and especially... If the thing you're fighting for, you've already succumbed to. In other words, if you've already been vaccinated and you're fighting for against the vaccine mandate, and then you start to lose your house, you're going to say, ah, you know what, this is really not worth the fight. I think I'll go back to work so I don't lose my house. Um, that's where we're at. Whatever. Whatever. What else is in the news today? Well, I'll tell you what, David Wolfelder will be with me. A young man, young comic out of L.A., Los Angeles. That's Los Angeles, not Louisiana. 
uh, will be with me at the 10 o'clock hour. Hopefully that's 7 a.m. for him. Good for him. Not a lot of California comedians want to get up and do the morning show coffee with the dog. Um, did you watch the Last Rights pod yesterday? I was the featured guest on the Last Rights podcast yesterday. That shows you how far they're scraping, scraping the barrel. And I should have worn my Brett Brock shirt for that. So I, I could draw something and say, Collie done shit. Uh, <laughs> why that uh, stuff is sticking in my head, I can't tell you. It's Brett Brock's uh, best line from the junkin stuff. Oh, Jamie Dax is with us. Jamie Dax ain't done shit either. Oh, uh, oh, we got Jamie and Carla both here. Uh, good to see you guys again. It's like we sleep together now. Uh, they're in my head. They're in my head. Get out of my head. Ah, uh, anyway. Um, so the, the trucky thing is the only thing in the news, right? It's the only thing in the world in the news. Am I wrong about that? No, uh, Winter Olympics is still going on. Do you care about the Winter Olympics? I know Andy does. Uh, I don't think I heard from anybody else that's really, um, excited, interesting. Oh, did you hear that little sibling? Excited. Excited, like Barbara Brown. Excited. Excited uh, or <laughs> inspired by what's going on with the Olympics. Uh, figure skating has always been fun to watch. Oh, I know why Andy likes that stuff. He's a Tanya Harding coach, right? <laughs> Andy, Andy's got a kind of a history with uh, Tanya Harding. Maybe that that's. Well, I'm seeing some of these clips of the, of the girls doing the spin around. Listen, in another lifetime. In another universe, I want to try that. But uh, 60 years ago, maybe. And, you know, this is girl doing this stuff. I know the guys do it too. But um, I walk on ice. I'm going to kill myself. So seeing these people be able to do that, sure, that's inspiring. It's it's fun to watch for a minute or two. Girls all, uh, you know, I don't know. It's ballerina kind of stuff ballerinas and and figure skaters very feminine most of them except for tanya harding she's kind of manly uh just don't do do it for me i just there's nothing i don't i don't see the attraction in in that but that's just me it's just not my thing i'm not saying they're not attractive for you uh what what and me, Andy? What uh, you're you're a manly guy or no? Oh, you're here or good morning. Um, just interested in your um, your interest in figure skating and your um, history with Tanya Harding. Do you keep in touch with uh, Tanya Harding at all, Andy? Does she? Do are your pen pals? Does she have your number? Could you call her up this morning? Get her on the Mind Dog Show. I'd love to hear her. Re- is she. She would be a good uh, color person, right? Color person. Uh, do they have an analyst for this figure skating stuff? Looks like she could have took one to the knee right there. Uh, I don't know. Um, oh, we have the whole full room here. Uh, Andy Andrews loves the Special Olympics. He says, Dan, yeah, that's true. He looks like a mother to me. <laughs> yeah. Do they have... Uh, 
did they have a special olympics for winter olympics i don't know i've never heard of that i mean basically when you see the special olympics it's generally summertime right um i don't know excuse me got a little sniffles going on um i don't know and so how much longer till they wrap this olympic stuff up i don't know I don't follow it. I don't have a television. Every time somebody asks me, have you seen this show? Have you seen that show? I feel like I have to go through the hole. I don't have television. Haven't had television for a long time. I don't know what's on. I don't know what channels anything are on. I know about Yellowstone only because I know Bob Yarry, the executive producer of that show. Uh, and he's been on the program. We talked about it a little bit. That's And I've heard of the uh, uh, one that's like um, been called like the new Breaking Bad, Ozark. Is it Ozark? I've heard of that show. Um, basically, I'm clueless when it comes to television. And I guess uh, the Winter Olympics is television. I mean, it's sports, but it's television. It's it's in, it's programming. And I don't know about it. I don't know how much longer it's going to go. Um, now, if they were naked, if the girls were naked, I would be interested. Or if they, you know what, they wear these kind of skimpy clothes but they're not skimpy enough for this horny old dog to keep my interest i'm just saying and maybe i'm a sexist pig no no maybes about it i'm definitely a sexist pig a misogynist a chauvinist a sexist you can call me all that kind of stuff but um i would be interested i would buy a television if they were doing this like close to naked or um like string bikinis that kind of stuff I'd be like hoping for the pop out, like a fourteen-year-old. Oh, just praying for that pop out. Come on, pop out. There's nothing more exciting than a pop out. I find even at sixty-two years old, pop outs do it for me, um, because it's the unexpectedness of it. And the um, she didn't want to show you. Well, she didn't want to show you. She wouldn't be wearing such skimpy clothes, but. She's unintending to pop out, and then she does pop out, and then all of a sudden, yes, uh, she popped out. Yay! <laughs> I'm 14 all over again. I just saw her nipple. Let me call my friends and tell them. Um, that's Yes, that's my mentality. I admit it. I am a, a, a stupid, horny old dog. Well, well, well. Um, not for everybody. Hey, what can I say? Um so later on, we're going to have a young comedian, 20, I think he's 21, 22-year-old, David Ulfelder, uh, out of L.A. Uh, what's a pop-out? A pop-out is uh, Lonnie F. Good morning, Lonnie F. I never, you, I guess you're here. Pony, a pop-out, uh, <laughs> well, where well, the boss says, fuck pop-outs, I want pop-tarts. Uh, pop-out is uh, when, the, when, it is, when, a nipple, when a nipple slips out of uh, its, its container. Uh, come on. You don't know what a pop-out is? Anyway. Uh, Kelly says, regular TV is hard to figure out. <laughs> is it? If it ain't on Netflix. If it ain't on Netflix. Uh, the Alamide figure skating. Okay. All right. So that's where we are with the... Uh, and I, as I started out with the trucker stuff, I've just taken a poll there. Anybody in, in the audience got any... Um, opinions on what's going on with the trucker stuff. I just think um, they're, they're being used and um, 
probably going to go broke for a cause that doesn't make any sense to them particularly. And it wouldn't make any sense to me. Again, most of the people now, high percentage are vaccinated. And the people who are actually fighting the fight, protesting the protest, 90%, more than 90% of them are vaccinated. So they're fighting against the mandate. And again, I'm just repeating myself here. Not for mandates. I think the states, the countries, states, whatever, should drop the hard mandates. I'm, I'm, I'm on their side with that. It's not worth losing your home, your truck, your livelihood, and all that stuff for somebody else's cause, especially if you've already been. And then the Teamsters is against it. The Teamsters Union is against it. And that's also political. You know, Teamsters are a political organization. And they're backing one side, and that, that side happens to be pro-mandate. So, uh, but I'm just curious if anybody else uh, out there, it sounded dumb before you explained it, now it sounds even dumber. I'm not sure if we're talking about television or or, uh, or the trucker thing, <laughs> or the Olympics, or any of it, all of the above. I have a, a gift for making things sound dumb. I definitely do. Um, so, um, not much else in the news today besides that stuff, though, is there? Not much at all. I mean, I mean, you can go down to the whole nonsense news stuff and what's trending on Twitter. I was, uh, I'm getting really inundated on my Twitter feed now with, um, classic rock stuff. I didn't sign up for new groups or anything like that, but, when I come to Twitter in the morning, my my sh- timeline is that what it is? My my feed is just nonstop uh, classic rock stuff from you know different. Uh, it looks like from different fan groups and stuff. Again, I didn't sign up for any of this stuff. I didn't follow it. Maybe I liked one along the way, and then all of a sudden, or or, or retweeted one. Now all of a sudden, they think uh, give them a nonstop diet of this stuff. Um, not seeing a lot of the stuff that I generally go to Twitter for was just to follow a lot of comedians and, and to see, you know, what comedians are sharing. Um, so did you catch the show with, uh, yesterday with Jackie joke, man, Martling, and then, um, stand up memories last night. See, here's the thing. And I, I, I won the tickets. <laughs> on the stand-up memory show last night. Uh, Jackie did a live show with Peter Bales last night, uh, uh, and they were taking questions and stuff. And first I won the tickets because of a comment that I made that was, I guess, considered the funny, funniest comment of the night, which is pretty sad if I'm making it. If I'm making the funniest comment of the night, we need a new audience. We need to refresh the audience. Okay, bring those, sweep those people out. And get some, get a new crowd in here. There's got to be funnier people out on the street we can bring in here. But then uh, came down to the trivia question, and the trivia question was, uh, what was the name of the sitcom that Freddie Prince was on? And I, I guess I was just quicker. And again, here's a here's a problem. If I am the quickest typist that you have in the room you really need to sweep out the audience and get a fresh audience in here because i i'm one finger uh whatever what's a what's a good name for one finger typist i'm a i'm not a quick typist uh 
Yeah, Chico and the man, exactly, Ralph. But how long did it take you to type that, man? You would you wouldn't have got the you wouldn't have got the tickets. I got the tickets because I typed it faster than that. But I don't think anybody else. I mean, one other person in the room knew. Uh, Carl Man says Peter Bales and Jackie Martling are like me and Jamie from the future to warn us all. I. I was feeling the kind of the same thing, to be honest with you. Uh, watching that a little bit last night, it's just like um, I don't know if that YouTube is is the place they should be with that. I mean, I, I it's not for me to say, but I think I'm going to uh, reach out to Jackie today. He, that should be on Facebook. It should be on Facebook because that's where people my age and older are. Facebook is the boomer social media. <laughs> and I've talked about this. Um, hunting peck typing. I, I like that. Uh, yes, I've heard that before, Kelly, and I think that's apropos, as they say. Apropos. Um, hunting peck typing. That's what I am. Um, I've talked about the social media, how it works before, but uh, and this is why Jackie and Peter should be there. Social media is an endless game to get away from the boomers. Uh, and the boomers have landed and dug in, made a foundation of Facebook. And they're not leaving there. Crusty old farts. Especially in America. So basically, we had MySpace. You remember MySpace? Were you on MySpace? Uh... And the kids had MySpace, and then the boomers found MySpace, and boomers started putting together MySpace pages, and the kids were like, yeah, we got to get away from these fucking boomers, man. And then Facebook was developed, and then uh, the boomers found Facebook and abandoned MySpace and went over to Facebook, and the fucking young people were like, God damn, boomers, they're like roaches. Uh, all right, we need something else. Oh, uh, Instagram. How about we go to Instagram, get rid of these fucking boomers? And then the boomers started to kind of into then Facebook bought Instagram and the boomers became integrated with them. And they're like, fucking boomers, man. And so now TikTok and everything else that's come down the pike. Um, Twitter is more. Age uh, inclusive, ageist inclusive. So you do see some young people on Twitter. You do see a lot of old farts, boomers on Twitter. But um, it's also a, and I know they have million, you know, probably a billion people on there as well as, you know, it's almost as big as Facebook in that regard. But um, people use it for different reasons. And the whole the Twitter experience is different than the Facebook experience. And it's not just, you know, there are a lot of boomers. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of boomers on Twitter. But I think they're a little more. Um, the Twitter boomers are a little bit different than the Facebook boomers. The Facebook boomers are, are boom booms for life and getting older. They're, they're the proper audience for People like the big, uh, big bad broadcast, the guys who used to be the bitching baby boomers radio podcast, and for stuff like Jackie and Peter are doing. Um, wow, my guest is already here. I, I should do the, I'll let him in. I, I'll bring him in the room in a minute. I was, I'm just shocked to see because he's, I know he's on the West Coast. Uh, 
And on the West Coast, it's fucking early. <laughs> it's what six, oh, not even six thirty in the morning. No, do I have that right? Yeah, it's, well, it's almost six thirty in the morning. Uh, uh, so we'll, we'll we'll have a bit in a moment. I think I should take care of some of the sponsor stuff before we bring them in. And I'm excited to have them here because um, if you listen to the program for any amount of time, you know that I've been on this thing that uh, there aren't enough young comedians uh, working today and and in bygone days and here i am i'm bitching about boomers being uh just outdated people uh <laughs> in bygone day, in days gone by in the old days in back in the day all those stupid fucking things us boomers say uh there were just a lot of young people in their 20s killing it in comedy and there's not that much anymore at least i don't have i don't see it uh but my guest is one of the people he, i've seen a very tight five minutes from him and, and i believe he's still in his i think we could say early 20s we'll find out in just a moment let me get to the sponsor piece or sponsor pieces doing two sponsors uh, two sponsors a day now we're, we're like big time over here uh I guess we, we're getting rich, aren't we, Johnny? Yeah, we are. Today's program is brought to you by uh, mybookie.com. Can the band play something? Yeah, mybookie.com. You know about mybookie.com, don't you? That's right. You can bet it. You can just slip in your bets if you know what I'm saying. You know Online gaming pioneers created MyBookie in 2014, vowing to improve services. But so many other brands have failed. That's right, baby. Fail. Went limp. Soft, as they say. But not MyBookie. MyBookie's top priorities have always been the easiest deposits. And you know what I mean by deposits, don't you, babe? The fastest payouts and the absolute best customer service. Since launching... MyBookie has delivered on its promise of excellent service as well as easy, fast deposits. And Barry White. And and payouts. <laughs> That's not to mention providing an always expanding selection of sports odds for players at all levels. Whether you're a top guy, a bottom guy, it doesn't matter in MyBookie. Whatever level you're on, you know what I'm saying mybookie.com yeah as a mybookie player you know what you're gonna get you're gonna get the industry's most rewarded loyalty program baby yeah fast payout process of just 48 hours or less yeah 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 uh 24 7 english speaking customer service via chat and email and you know how important that english speaking stuff is you don't want to you don't want to call up customer service and get somebody talking uh, i don't know what it's, uh, swahili or something like that you know, you just can't deal with that. You can't give me English. Don't make me press one. Yeah, you get great bonuses on every deposit. And you know what I mean by bonuses, don't you? Yeah, show me your bonus, baby. That's right. You get the highest credit card acceptance rates anywhere in the world and hundreds of casino games. If you're new to online gaming, you just found the best the industry has to offer you, bitch. That's right, I called you a bitch. Now sit down. If you're a seasoned veteran, compare my bookie to your bookie and make the switch today. You'll be glad you did. Get started right now. They're going to, uh, well, if you use the promo code MINDDOG, that is. 
they're going to match your first deposit up to $1,000. What does that mean, match my first deposit, dog? Well, I'll tell you what it means if you just sit down and shut up. It means if you go MindDog, uh, mybookie.com, and you go MindDog, what they're going to do, baby, they're going to give you $2,000 if you put down $1,000. You see what I'm saying? You have $2,000 to bet with. You're going to get that kind of deal anyplace else only at mybookie.com when you use the promo code MindDog. That's right, promo code MindDog. You go dig it. Go and dig it. The band just fades out too quick there. Uh, I don't. I don't really um, appreciate the way they're just um, fading out right there. Can we get that stupid stuff off the screen, please? Thank oh, oh, there I am. Thank you. Um, we're also brought to you by <laughs> uh, Barry White's favorite coffee. Koa Coffee is Barry White's favorite coffee. Did you know that? Best coffee in the world, according to Forbes. Not in the world, in America. I'm sorry. One of the top ten in, in the world. Uh, best coffee in America, cold coffee. I hope you got yours. I'm going to uh, refresh my cup right now. And we'll back with uh, David Uhlfelder will be with us and we'll be excited to learn about his comedy. Talk to him a little bit about uh, what's it like to be a young comic today in just a minute. But right now I'm going to get myself a cup of cold coffee. You get yourself a cup of cold coffee. This episode is brought to you by Koa Coffee. If you are a coffee connoisseur and want to experience the best coffee Hawaii has to offer, no blends, no compromise. Try the true taste of Aloha. Koa Coffee produces premium Hawaiian coffee, hand-picked, expertly roasted, and delivered from Hawaii to your door with Aloha. From award-winning 100% Kona coffee grown on the slopes of the Mauna Loa volcano to the unique mocha beans of Maui, they strive to provide their loyal customers with the best quality and freshness. Since 1997, Koa Coffee has been known far and wide as a product of utmost quality, and their awards prove it. Koa Coffee was featured in Forbes' Top 10 Coffees of the World. This is the coffee Forbes called the best coffee in America. Find out what it's all about. Go to minddogtv.com slash coffee. Yeah, Cold coffee, get your cold coffee today. Uh, and what's going to happen is you're going to, they'll show you a pretty girl running on the beach and she'll turn around and look at you and smile and keep running away just like that. They always do. They just keep running away. Come back here. Get, hey, uh, see that? They always get away. Uh, yeah, if you're just tuning in, good morning, Kat. Good to see you there in the chat room. I um, uh, hope you're having a great morning. Nice. Uh, it's warm here in New York unseasonably warm it's in the 50s uh going back and forth between springtime and winter here um but if you're just tuning in you missed me ranting about boomers and um ranting about boomers mostly on social media but uh a little bit about boomers and comedy now if you uh caught the interview i did with augie smith what was it two nights ago um, we're talking about how long it takes to really establish, establish yourself. Lips still ain't working to this point, uh, in, in stand-up comedy and Augie, it's funny. All, almost every comedian I talk to has kind of like a theory. They put a lot of thought into this. Carl's first, uh, interview on the Mind Dog TV podcast back like, a, uh, I guess somewhere in the last century sometime, um, 
he talked about eight levels of comedy, <laughs> eight different levels that, uh, of stand-up comedy. Augie was talking about it takes 12 years um, to be established in it. And I think back, and I mentioned Freddie, Freddie Prinze this morning. Freddie Prinze was uh, 22 years old and on top of the world in, as far as respect among people in show business who were all boomers at the, in the boomer age. They weren't boomers. They were Bobby Soxers. But they were, you know, the older generation. Highly respected uh, guy by his, by the older generation. And at that time, we had lots of young, uh, really dynamic comedians. And um, I just feel like I'm, part of uh, the thing is probably the drinking age going up from 18 to 21. And it's harder to get in comedy clubs, harder to... to um, just be part of the life because a lot of those young comedians, Paul Provenza started when, and he, he was talking to me about this, going to comedy clubs when he was 15, 16 years old. Uh, Eddie Murphy uh, was doing um, Eastside Comedy Club when he was 15. Dave Chappelle started very young. Lots of these guys all started very young. We're not seeing that so much anymore, but I'm happy to have a young comedian on today. Finally, uh, because we do have a, a lot of boomers. Uh, David Ulfelder is, as I mentioned, I believe uh, headquartered in Southern California. We'll find out about this just in a moment. He's a uh, guy who I found through Facebook, of all places. And I'm just talking about how Facebook is just for boomers. I didn't find him on Twitter. I found him, or TikTok. I found him on Facebook, but then went to, uh, I found him on YouTube and watched a very tight five minutes, very entertaining five minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, please open your ears and uh, help me welcome in David Ulfelder to Coffee with the Dog. David, welcome. Thanks for having me. You can hear me, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm fully confident on that. Sweet. Yeah. Am I your youngest ever guest? No, I had a guy named Max. Mac. I can't remember his last name now. Uh, two two years ago, he was very good because I'm old. That's why it's not because he wasn't good <laughs> and or, or impressive. It's because I'm having senior moments. But Mac was very good. He was 18. He was okay. a, a freshman in college, and most of his humor was dorm humor. But it was it was pretty fucking good, I have to say. Uh, uh, for people who don't know you, tell me tell me a little bit about your background and why you got into comedy and and how you got into comedy young. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I started, I'm 23 now. I started at 19. Um, uh, that was, so yeah, three or f three and a half years ago, basically. And, uh, I got into comedy cause I thought I had this weird idea in my head that it was a stereotype that everyone tried stand up in college. I thought that was like, <laughs> I, I think I heard that as like a joke in a movie like 15 years ago, like as a little kid in the background and I took it to heart and I was like, this is a thing. So when I went to college, I was like, yeah, I'm going to try stand up and I did it once. And that was, yeah, that's all I did from then on out. That's really all I've done. That's why I'm on my fifth year at college. Cause <laughs> <laughs> well, wh why are you, what is, what is the, degree you're pursuing and why, why are you going to college uh i'm getting a degree in computer science i don't know if i'll ever use it um right now i am making ends meet from comedy so i don't know if i need to yeah really pursue 
the CS route, but that's a, you know, it's not the worst backup plan one could have. There are definitely jobs in it. So. No, I, I definitely better than mine. Mine was journalism and, uh, and like, right. what am I going to do? R- write for a, a local newspaper or something like that. But I did, I have talked to comedians and people in the arts in all, I actually had an actress on and I talked to her about this, uh, a very successful actress on it, uh, Naomi Grossman, a couple, a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about uh, sometimes a backup plan can really uh, sabotage your chances of success if, if you're too much focused on the backup plan. But it's really hard, especially when you're young and not supporting yourself to get your parents or whoever you were relying on for support before you got in college to uh, to accept that I'm just going to go out and not right. have a backup plan. I'm just going straight <laughs> for stand-up comedy. That would be a difficult thing. Yeah, I'd love to do that, but I people wouldn't approve of. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it, man. It, it's a hard thing to sell. So, uh, are you? Uh, do I do I have this wrong, or or because I'm thinking again? I don't I don't see a lot of young comedians out there right. now. It, are you? I want to say an exception to the rule. Like there aren't that many young comedians in general. I started in L.A. and when I started in L.A., I was probably there were maybe three. There was one like thirteen-year-old girl, and then there was like two other nineteen, twenty-year-olds, and everyone else was at least twenty-five. It felt like there are probably some lo- low twenties, but ninety percent of people are over 26 27 right so when you're out performing do, do you get a um do you get an attitude do you get biased do you get support what, what are the other comedians like when they see you because that one five minute set that i've se- seen from you very good tight set and uh, yeah. i would think you would get some respect off of that but oh, i'm just curious about it how do they treat well uh, i no longer i so i go to cal poly which is in san luis obispo so i'm in a really small scene i I travel a lot like I go because I'm three hours from LA and I'm three hours from the Bay Area so I go to one of those pretty much every other week or so um I'd say in the Bay Area I seem to get respect here I have respect but that's because there are like 20 comedians here so I'm I'm one because I've been doing it three and a half years. I'm one of the five or six most You're like a veteran in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am a veteran because if you get good here, you really need to move. And honestly, yeah, it's hard to really stay here. There aren't that many shows, and like I run half of them anyway, so it doesn't. <laughs> you, you, so they're not comedy clubs. They're like in other kind of venues, or are they are? Yeah, they, there's no comedy club here. So the nearest comedy club I think would be Ventura, which two plus hours to two fifteen maybe. Um, but or uh, there might be something in Santa Cruz. I don't know. I'm well, good for you. I mean, yeah. I, I I know because here in Long Island, New York, where I am, I've seen lately some comics taking shit for. Um, we're doing stuff that's non-traditional, not comedy clubs. They're doing stuff in pizza uh, places and restaurants and stuff like that. Yeah. And they're taking some shit from other comedians, musicians, people like this. Like, that's not a proper venue. I'm like, no, man. Wherever you can find the work, wherever you can find a microphone and an audience, I think you should be doing it. So good for you. I'm glad to see that. Yeah, I don't think – I think that is kind of an East Coast attitude because on the West 
coast, like even in LA where there are clubs, everyone is doing gigs at like, you know, the back rooms of donut shops and <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever they could find. I remember one of the first open mics I ever did in LA was just uh it was labeled on the like open mic list website. Um Com- comedy bureau probably i don't know not important but it was listed as garage behind food for less <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like some guy's storage unit behind <laughs> a food for less <laughs> it was i mean it was one of the more sketchy ones I, yeah i've played uh and i was talking about this yesterday playing a supermarket with a band at 10 a.m on a sunday morning people coming from church or whatever and w- with the rock band in the corner by in the pharmaceutical aisle uh and then just like got looks from people like what the <laughs> hell is going on here so doing comedy in places like that uh is the audience there for comedy or are they just kind of blindsided by it like um <laughs> what i is mean this? well okay so i wrote all the shows up where i am are in bars and breweries and stuff and like the ones i run i always sell tickets for so everyone is there for comedy because they bought a ticket to come to comedy and it's easy to sell tickets to that stuff here because there's no competition i'm not competing with you know, the comedy store or whatever, (laughs) unless they want to drive four hours, but they're not going to do that, you know? So uh, it's easy, you know, and it's also easy to get good comics because everyone in LA is looking for work. So I can, you know, yeah and you're someone. you're signed with uh i got a uh i found <laughs> a a talent agency that has you listed under them is it were you laughing at this you don't want me to put this up there wait waypoint <laughs> no, talent. No, no. <laughs> put that up there <laughs> that, that started as a prank though <laughs> it started that, as what a prank <laughs> oh really <laughs> that is my brother and I, my brother and I are very close. <laughs> we, hey, it worked. You got me. I was ready to hire I know. you. I saw that you posted that link somewhere. Now, I have been meaning to just turn that into my website, but yeah. I haven't gotten around to that yet. Yeah, and okay. that's why, I don't know if you read the like description of me on there, but my brother wrote that, and he was just writing really dumb stuff. That's why it says, like, David is addicted to laughs at the end or something like that. <laughs> you know what? The, it's not even on there. The description's not on there. I had to reach into the I look at the, oh, the yeah. source file of the HTML and, and say cuz I you know it's hard to it, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to write a bio for somebody in a link, but I, it's important especially for traffic like on the YouTube stuff. It's important to get a bio. So yeah. sometimes if I don't see I'm scra- scraping the, the yeah. bottom of the barrel trying to get it. To I have a real bio if you Asked me for it, I would have just messaged it to you. But well, I, live I thought it was better that you went the route you did. That was funnier to me. I enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. No, the guy I have on tomorrow actually, uh, I I did the same thing with him, and then but I went to his LinkedIn page and copied and pasted exactly what was on his uh, LinkedIn page, and then he came back to me. I don't do that. Could you please edit that stuff? I was like, wait a minute, dude. <laughs> this is on um, your LinkedIn page. I yeah. just I'm not being creative here. I don't have that much time right. and energy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. I was really hoping. I was thinking before coming on this. I was really hoping you didn't book me based on the fact that you thought I had representation. No, I, I booked you based on that five minute video that I <laughs> okay. Saw. I'll I'll <laughs> happily accept that. Yeah, and I'd say. <laughs> 
in the last five months since that video, my five has become even a lot tighter than that. I'm doing a show, like I've started featuring around locally. I'm doing a show I'm featuring on next week that I have to do 20. So that's, right. I'll be my first, like, well, no, I'll be my second, like real long time large minute paid gig i guess right what i was impressed with uh, uh, well obviously things funny or i wouldn't have been impressed at all but what i was impressed in uh, with it as far as content you were able to touch on some hot button political <laughs> topics without being overtly political and pissing off half the room which is it's it's kind of nuance and um, not an easy uh, tap dance to do in this time because we are right. so divided and stuff. So that was really impressive. That that says beyond three and a half years experience just to be able to kind of uh, use your language in ways that you're making your point. It is a pretty solid political point and not to piss off the people who, let's face it, yeah. not, not to piss off the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, in a way, um, I, I, I know exactly what section of that five you're talking about. Um, yeah. But, uh, and I'm, if someone wants to, they can look it up. But, uh, yeah, so the, those jokes, that that part almost works flawlessly 90, 95 to 98% of the time. But, like, last night I did a gig two towns over from Slow at a place called Paso Robles. <laughs> And I do that joke, and I was doing pretty well. And so there were certain people who really liked it and laughed, but there was a number of people in the crowd. And this is a little bit of a more redneck-y place who definitely turned on me right then. And I've performed at this bar. I do this show, like, every month. I'm the closest thing you could consider to a regular on it. I mean, we don't have real clubs here, so you're – I'm taking what i can get but uh i do this show all the time and i know that depending on the night that that sort of stuff is a little rocky but even when that happens i mean i did i did piss some people off but yeah, yeah. i really shouldn't have you know yeah no and I, I i was impressed at least that the room you were in when you did when you did that uh video that uh you didn't piss some people off because let's face it here i know half the room would be ready to to lynch you up <laughs> really? where i live yeah because where, where exactly are you long island new york but i'm in okay, suffolk well. county and it's a lot of um a lot of maga trucks a lot of yeah. uh, flag waving all that kind of stuff so um yeah but you you, you don't make it about that that's no, it's what, not that's about how, that, yeah right yeah <laughs> uh I, so there uh, being because uh, I have kind of similar roots. My grandmother was a German Jew, uh, <laughs> so uh, you know the the part of a family. My, my grandmother's last name was Zimmerman. I never even knew how. This is how it works when you're German and Jewish, right? You don't you don't want anybody to know about the Jewish part. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have this is my German passport. I like uh, to pull that out as proof. <laughs> I'm a mess. I I wouldn't have pulled it out if it wasn't lying on my desk. But because I'm a mess, yeah, yeah my passport's a lie. So desk. Uh, talk about though that particular odd dynamic of um, both having some Jewish heritage in in your background and German heritage. Any conflict in any of it, as far as you can see? Well, so it's all the same side of my family. It's right, all Holocaust survivors. My mom 
I mean, the, I'd say the, the more of the conflict is my mom is from the deep south. So if you really, she converted to Judaism. I think there's a joke about that in the same. Yeah. So maybe not. I can't remember. No, but there yeah, is. That, yeah. There is. Yeah. She did convert to Judaism. Um, but, you know, and her family was liberal for Central Florida, which yeah. <laughs> isn't that liberal, but uh, a yeah. little bit. I mean, I wouldn't say there's no real conflict. I've lived in Germany a few times for extended periods. I did stand up in Berlin for three months about a year ago. I was trying to find somewhere I could do it. In English or in German? In English, I speak German, but I don't think I'd be funny in German. <laughs> I don't think anything could possibly. I thought about this a lot, like how because the accent and the language, it, it doesn't lend itself to music or humor. No, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are. Let's uh, what's it called? Rock me out. Oh no, they sing in English in that one. Yeah. I was trying to say Inya. I think she sings in English too. Yeah, all Germans sing in English. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not a super beautiful language, and I'll admit that. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, but so, yeah, so that's a, it's, But when you're writing now, do you think, uh, do you avoid poli politi politics for the sake of trying not to have, uh, to be a, a playing to a divided room? I. I don't do straight up political jokes and I don't think I ever will. However, I do touch on it. Um, some of the stuff I've like been working on recently, uh, I've started kind of touching on guns a little bit, which I know splits people, but not really doing it on a straight up, you know, like anti-gun way. I will say a lot of stuff, and this is pretty common with a lot of comedians, but I do have a lot of anti religious stuff and sometimes that but it's not anti any specific religion you right. know, it's just no, anti-religion I, I go there every single day man because <laughs> I, I don't have any problem with people whatever they lean on for faith or to get them right. through life whatever because we're all trying just trying to navigate this thing called life in a very confusing way anybody who has any belief i'm fine with that organized religion all of them I have no patience for it, no matter what the organized religion. I doesn't right. take takes one day for an organized religion to become a cult, and then <laughs> a political organization <laughs> and all that stuff. I, oh. I have a joke. My current closer I've been using is basically based on that exact idea, but uh, I don't think that's in the video, right? I think I wrote that after. Yeah. So, I, I'm gonna put a new five up soon. So so when uh, now. You, you're a very young comedian. I can't think you've had a whole lot of time to get influenced by other comedians. But at w like, what point did you did you say to yourself, "I'm going to try that"? Was it when you went to college, or was it before that? I mean, when did you know that you wanted to be an entertainer, or even just talk to people in the way you do? Um, I'm not really sure. I think uh, in the later years of high school. I started to I, I think middle and early high school I was very introverted and I don't think anyone would have seen me doing this at all I yeah. remember one time in seventh grade I had like to read some poem or something I wrote or maybe it was just a paragraph on something and it wasn't a big deal but I like built it up super like big in my head and then I like broke down <laughs> crying <laughs> right of my class it wasn't super bad but like my eyes were leaking you know what i mean like i wasn't yeah, like no, weeping I... but 
my eyes were leaking. Um, <laughs> that's a weird way to put it, but I'm sticking no, with it. No, I know. I've been there. I Believe me, I've been there. Uh, and, and that's always weird. Because, but you know what? Uh, the Some of the best received moments have been those parts where I started to, to lose it a little emotionally on something oh. I, was, I was saying. And, but people always say, oh, look, you're showing your vulnerability. No, I was just fucking nervous or, or, or just not dealing with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I started to become like kind of a class crown, maybe my junior year of high school. And then when I went to college, I had that idea I talked about earlier. Like everyone tries stand up in college. So I wanted to try it, and and then I did it once, and I was like, I guess this is my thing now. I I'm not sure why it escalated so quickly. Because you it just did because of the endorphins. Because when you had a good set and and, yeah. and you, you felt that uh, love from the audience, and that's what it is. I mean, it's very <laughs> weird to say that. It's kind of, but uh, there's no. It's the best drug there is. It definitely oh, is. Yeah. I mean, it does something to you. And I I think everybody who's ever had a successful night on stage anywhere knows what I'm talking about. It's a it's an right. incredible uh, feeling. So. That's what got you hooked. I have no idea about that. But you talk about being an introvert. I think for comedians, most of the comedians, I know most of the successful ones would say they were introverts in high school and and the drunk people and still are. I don't think you ever lose that. It's easy. And I'm writing a book about this called Talking to Strangers, where for me, it's easier to talk to a thousand people than it is to talk to one person (laughs) i think yeah i think i'd agree with that too i never thought about it that way but i'm still at the point where sometimes in conversations and you know what comedians are the people i seem to have figured out like i'm good at talking to them but conversations with normal people i always feel like nervous (laughs) and like i'm gonna screw up in some way and i i'm desperately trying to think of what to say next and i think it just snowballs and I don't know. Sometimes yeah. I end up robbing people the wrong way. Chad Henson <laughs> says religious comedy is very popular in Colorado Springs. I wonder why that is. I could see it in Utah. Uh, yeah, those are both places I've performed. Uh, I'm from Colorado, so that's where I grew up. Ah. Uh, not, I'm like five hours from Colorado Springs, but I've done a few shows in Colorado Springs. I would say. My anti-religious stuff hits there anyway, usually, because the people who have least gone to the shows that I've done aren't really the religious crowd, even though they call Colorado Springs the Christian capital of the world. That's really? A, I didn't know that. That's a fun fact for you. <laughs> I, there's a, a Christian? Because uh, I would think it would be like somewhere down in the Bible Belt, like in, uh, I don't know, Texas, that, that whole panhandle or whatever, Oklahoma. I don't know. Uh, Craig Johnson is saying Amway is also big in Colorado Springs. I don't think Amway is officially a religion, but I, I get the I don't know uh, what Amway is. <laughs> that's because you're very young. Uh, when I was your age 100 years ago, um, Amway was, I think, just coming out. It's a multi-level marketing type of oh. thing where, you know, basically I'm selling soap to my friend, soap and whatever nonsense like that, perfume and anything, any product that Amway had. I sell that to my friends and neighbors and, and sell them. Look how rich I'm getting off of this stuff. You should right. sell Amway too. Now you, And it's like a pyramid scam type of thing. So, yeah, <laughs> like Nutra Life. Or, yeah, that's it did one, become right? like a cult too. Yeah. Like a, a religion. The religion of Amway. 
Uh, which they think is white. Kind of a scam, but yeah. Yeah, no, they're all scams. (laughs) Not not kind of a scam. The most overt, uh, obvious scam you could imagine. But people fall for them all the time. Um, So uh, with the traveling stuff, is that part of... uh, You got plans for that? I mean, are you looking at your career right now and saying, uh, where do I take it from here? Or are you just taking it day, day by day as it comes? I mean, I do travel a lot for stand-up right now. You know, I'm very good at – I mean, I'm just mostly doing bar shows once in a while. I'll have a, like, low-level club spot. But uh, I'll go to I'll go to a place for, like, a week. You know, I've got connections most places, so I'll just hit up everyone I know there. Um, I'll stay on someone's couch – I'll, you know, and I'm only making, you know, maybe between usually like 20 bucks a show. If I'm lucky, I'll make like 40. But a lot of times I can break even doing that, especially because I'm limited on stage time here just because there isn't that much. We have three to four open mics a week in the county, which some of those you got to drive like 30 miles for. Yeah, I know the area. I hitchhiked yeah. through that area one time going from San Francisco to L.A. and um, did not know that uh, it was against the law to pick up hitchhikers. I was your age at the time. <laughs> and uh, I did not know it was against the law for, uh, to pick up hitchhikers in California and ended up pretty walking a lot, <laughs> a lot of the distance <laughs> from San Francisco to L.A. Uh, what are the better, what's the better scene in your view, uh, L.A. or San Francisco? You're going to tell me San Francisco is better, no? I mean... Denver no (laughs) 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 well it's the thing with LA is and I think it's similar probably New York but it's so competitive that until you're at a certain point you kind of get lost in the system you know and I'll, I'll get booked to do like crappy little shows in LA sometimes I'd say I have a lot easier time getting booked in the bay it is it is easier they're more um I think there are more opportunities for newer comics because, I mean, I'm at three and a half years. That's still pretty green in most people's books. Yeah, uh, um, but I think the crowds are, are pretty much accepting, and maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I'm projecting or just assuming this, right. but I think the crowds in, in the Bay Area, you're not going to ever find a divided room because they don't really care about they They're there for people to laugh and not to be judgmental. Whereas like in New York or like in the deep South, like the, the Southeast where it's big in comedy right now, the uh, Northern Florida, Alabama, Georgia, right, yeah. you're going to get some rooms that are very divided and you have to kind of tailor your comedy to that room where in San Francisco, I think you can basically do your stuff and they will appreciate it. That's, that's my take on it. I think most of the time you can get away with anything in San Francisco. Sometimes you will in run into a crowd in the Bay Area where it will be anytime you t- just say a word that's controversial, the whole crowd will just shut down on you. Yeah, yeah. And you'll you won't have even told a joke, you won't have even poked fun at anything. They'll hear a word and they'll shut down. It's not really a big issue for me cuz I don't do anything that hits that but i've seen it happen like i've seen really good comics doing great and then they say like 9 11 and suddenly everyone's like 
or <laughs> or anything with race, right? They, yeah. they just say the word like they mention a black guy in a story, and everyone just goes. And <laughs> it's hard to know <laughs> what to do with that, you know. I got suspended from Twitter, one of my Twitter accounts, because <laughs> a comedian, uh, he was doing a, a Steve Byrne, who is pretty successful comedian, pretty fun, uh, and he's a film director as well. He was doing a set, and um, he, he was talking to a black couple over here and, and basically he worked doing some crowd work and talking to a right. crowd over there. And he, he basically uh, went to another guy on the other side of the room. And so he's got, and this is right around George Floyd. And right. he, he talked to a white guy over here and he said, what do you do? And the guy said, I'm a cop. He's like, Oh, this could be a little bit of a tricky situation <laughs> here. So he ordered, he ordered. He asked the people, the black people over here, what they were drinking, and he ordered shots for them. They all wanted shots, and so he ordered a couple of shots for the cop. And then, so they got up on stage to do six shots. <laughs> and I said, you get a white cop, an Asian comic, and uh, four black people together, uh, and six shots, and nobody got hurt. That was the. And the, the title I put on on the clip, and Twitter said, "Well, yeah, you're breaking rules here. That's uh, you're spreading racism." I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so you have to be really, really careful with your language, even yeah. in, in, in comedy, which is not you're not supposed to have to be that careful. Uh, does that affect? The, are you hyper vigilant about that? Do you keep that in the back of your mind? Like I have to really word things carefully now. I mean. I don't because I just don't do anything that's gonna I mean I'm pretty clean as a comic I'm not gonna touch race because I don't have anything truly meaningful to say on it you know (laughs) I'm a white guy who was raised in a white area no one's really that interested I'll talk about being Jewish because that's like uh, uh, I don't know if you you heard recently though Whoopi Goldberg uh Dismiss yeah. Judaism as, or Jewish people as a race, which I've not, I most of the Jewish guys I've known my entire life. I don't think any one of them considered themselves different racially from me. They they would probably consider themselves Caucasian white guy, uh, but uh, that was the first I thought. Well, wait, Jew, Jewish is a race because, and I know the Holocaust and all that stuff was about mastery, so obviously it's about race, but I just never thought of Jewish people as a race unto themselves. I always thought of... It is a race. Like, I would say, I mean, I'm not, it's not an option on forms. (laughs) (laughs) My taxes think I'm Caucasian, but uh, uh, (laughs) yeah, it is a race. I would say, for me, I am more racially Jewish than religiously. I don't think I believe in God, though, at my level of Judaism, which is reform, which is like the lowest. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the people who care the least. Um, you don't even have to believe in God. The rule is one or fewer gods. So. Yeah. Yeah. I can identify as that, and you know, because there are other stuff. I didn't. I never heard that one or fewer. I like yeah. that. <laughs> well, I, I, I think the actual wording is you can't believe in any false gods, but it never right. says you have to believe in God. I think that's yeah. that's how reform interpretives. If you, you get into orthodoxy, me, yeah. like the uh, it, it's something I've been very curious about and asking questions about for at least five or six years now. Uh, and I've drilled my bass player in the band, uh, who's 
Jewish about this all the time because he's Jewish and an atheist. And it's like, right. how come your religion, <laughs> you could be an atheist and still call that your religion because any other religion on the planet, you can't be Christian and be an atheist. You can't be right. Muslim and be an atheist. Jewish. Yeah, no, <laughs> atheist Jew is a thing. I think that's what I am. <laughs> I don't care that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, agnostic a lot of things, and I know a lot of people who call themselves Christians who just have no interest in any of the religion oh, yeah. stuff. I'm like, why do you bother even calling yourself that? Just call so, yourself an atheist because they're afraid that well, the judgment <laughs> that calling themselves that brings from right. the community. Right. Uh, Craig Johnson say any links for this kid? Uh, he's not a kid; he's a young man. Come on. <laughs> You boomer. Uh, I had a link up there, but he laughed at it. So uh, I would go to his Facebook page. Uh, or uh, oh, Instagram. That's why I made my... Wait, I can point right. It's hard with the mirrored camera. Yeah, I'm not uh, Dave. That, my Instagram's right there. And then I'm not a you, Dave. Yeah, I'm not a Dave because I, I'm a David. And <laughs> everyone thinks I'm a stoner. I'm totally not. People, I no, just I wouldn't get that, that impression from you. I definitely would not look at you and say, this kid's a stoner. No way. Uh, it's or not this really the look. It's it's the voice. People say I have the voice. I don't know. I've heard uh, it a lot. Maybe. Is it California or is it uh, still Colorado accent in, in your uh, – because it, to me it sounds a little more California, but now They're knowing you're from Colorado. Very similar. I don't have the true rural Colorado accent because I'm not really from that part. Yeah, because there is this rural Colorado accent that's like half Minnesota, half Georgia, and you're like, how did that happen? But uh, – Cat says um, it's the giggles that 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 makes you seem like a stoner. Yeah, you... I I do giggle a lot. I don't do that on stage. I make sure not to do that. On no, stage. I see you. You, you definitely don't. You don't laugh at your own jokes, which is a good thing. I yeah. think too many young comedians. That's a trap they fall into. Is like oh, yeah. this stuff is so hysterical. I'm making myself laugh, and then but they spend half of their five minutes laughing. <laughs> 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 It could be yeah. a little difficult. Um, the biggest laugh in the room should not be the person on stage. <laughs> uh, Kelly's saying, yeah, we Googled him and can't find it. If Google, just go to YouTube, uh, YouTube and you, put his YouTube, last name. Well, in. usually I come up on Google. I wonder if people aren't spelling it right because I am the first David that comes up, I think. David Wolf. And don't Felder. put in Dave. That's important. Put David uh, Wolf. David. Felder. Oh, I forgot the lawyer. There's the lawyer. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, maybe YouTube me. It's weird that the video doesn't come straight up that you watched. Uh I'll be um putting some more stuff up soon. I've Don't got put some too much stuff up though. That well, I, like I, sketches and stuff. I'm not I only ever have five minutes up. I, I stand by that, you know, never have more than five on top of it. But yeah, if you search my name, my video comes up first on YouTube. The yeah. one you saw. I, it did for me anyway, uh, but maybe because I already had befriended him on um, Facebook that they, the algorithm said, oh, he knows him and, and and pulls you up first. I can't imagine there's a whole lot of people with your last name on There, There are, I think, 43 or something like that in the U.S. Wow. That's total. I'm related to like eight or nine of them. Yeah. <laughs> 
Used uh, to be more, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, um, I feel bad for people who have my name because if they get Googled and, and people come up with my results and they, they, you know, people are paying the price for having the same name as me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, there's one guy, I think it was Daniel Ulfelder, but that's close enough to David. And he was the guy who, I don't know if you heard about this, but when COVID first hit, and every, people in Florida didn't give a shit. He was dressing up as the Grim Reaper. Oh, yeah. And, I... <laughs> and going to beaches. Yeah, that's the only other time Ulfelder has been in the news. And I think there's like a semi-pro women's lacrosse player. But other than that, wow. <laughs> I'm the now, next biggest Ulfelder. <laughs> the Grim Reaper guy came up just last week on Twitter again. I was like, wow, I haven't seen this guy in a while. <laughs> and, and somebody was just like ripping him apart. Like, what a stupid thing to do. It's like, I thought it was pretty uh, funny. I've uh, never met the guy. But yeah, <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, I people will find any uh, or excuse to get angry at anything these days. So that's, oh yeah, that's that's a difficult part of this whole thing. Um, so now I would think because when I was young in high school and college and stuff, if, so, if I would have seen somebody doing what you're doing and being successful at it and having success at it, I'd be in awe of that. I I kind of um. I'd have a, a huge amount of respect for somebody doing that as somebody being my age being if when I when I was your age because it seems like it takes a lot of savvy. You have to be pretty smart. You have to be pretty cool. You have to be able to speak well in public. Do you get a, a, do people your age treat you um, any differently because of you, because you're doing stand up comedy? Yeah, I think. Uh... I mean, people are always, like, very curious about it because it's a weird thing, especially at a school, which, I mean, it, it, there is a mix at Cal Poly, but, you know, a lot of the people, at least I've interacted with, are very, like, engineering, you know, STEM-focused people, and they're very driven career-wise in that area, and what I'm doing is so completely different from that. They're always very curious about it. And they're kind of like not really sure what it is I'm doing exactly. I mean, they know what stand-up is, but they right. don't understand, you know, the difference between like a name you would know and what I'm doing. Because there is a pretty big difference between, yeah. you know, what we're. Um, you we got to get some new because Craig Johnson, who is looking for, he's uh, actively looking for you right now on the web. We got to. Are you on Twitter, Twitter at, at all? I, I don't have a Twitter. I've been gotta get on to Twitter. Get one. <laughs> Com comedians, Twitter is a, a big spot for comedians. It's where I find a lot of the most successful comedians I've had on the program. So I would definitely recommend getting on there. Yeah, but if I, you I, could make a fan of Craig Johnson, he's probably the number one uh, audience member uh, of, of any comedian. He's like once he becomes your fan, he'll become okay. your dedicated marketing representative pr guy you know, sing your praises to everybody it's really important to get craig on uh, side. i'm gonna make that my new goal just to make craig my number yeah. one supporter i'm telling you I'm man no. for that. Uh, yeah he... i have i have instagram and facebook are what i've used for everything um and then i have the youtube which has the one video on it i believe so talk to me about this because I was just lecturing uh, the crowd before you came in this morning because I, and now you're you're kind of proving what I'm saying is wrong, but uh, I was saying that Facebook is the is the land of boomers and that social media has a pattern to it where 
and I don't even know if you're old enough to remember MySpace, but MySpace was invented. Uh, kids were on there, young people were on there, and then the boomers, the people my age, got on there and they chased the, the young people. Out. People just like, ah, we don't want to be around these fucking boomers. Get out of here. And they found Facebook, and then the, the boomers found Facebook, and then the young people said, well, we'll go to Instagram. And so it's a constant struggle to get away from old people. Right. <laughs> that is true. I, I would not have any social media if it wasn't for comedy. That's the only reason I have anything. I would say... And maybe it's because the industry is run by an older generation still. Facebook is the most useful, in my opinion, comedy-wise. That's what everyone books me with. You know, Facebook Messenger is what everyone books stuff with. I found, at least out here. So I expect messages on that. Yeah. But I don't post to Facebook if it's not show related, you're never going to see anything on my Facebook. Like you'll see with older people. Like I'm never going to be like, just had a great night out with friends, you know, hashtag blessed or whatever. Here's a picture of the pork chops I just ordered. Right. Exactly. You'll never see that. (laughs) I don't get, I don't get that shit at all. Uh, I've, I've never done that stuff. I've just never been that type of person. I don't post anything personal on Instagram either. It's, pretty much all after show picks um and flyers but i delete the flyers after i do the show which i realize might be why yeah (laughs) craig was like i couldn't really find flyers since that because that's probably just one i didn't delete off the i don't know i might stop doing that i might stop deleting them but no that's important um i think because it, it establishes you of, of having a body of work. Uh, because if people don't see a lot of that, they'll just assume, well, he's just a, 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 an open mic who's just getting started, hasn't got a lot of experience under his belt. Right. Kind of the assumption. Uh, and- maybe, maybe I'll change that then. I, I, I figure if I post the show, the pick of the f- show, you know, like all the comics you've probably taken those before but all the comics will line, line up hey, well, waypointtalent.com folks that's where you're going to find them. Now, <laughs> we we was david Ulfelder uh not available yet uh, or you wanted to make it seem like a talent agent i get it okay i'm, I'm thinking about um it. well uh, yeah so this was again my brother started as a joke because he had some friends <laughs> The other two people on there are my brother's friends. He started as a joke, and then he added me to the, like, client list because he was being funny. He created the page for me. But, yeah, it. I think I am. He, he was kind of considering doing something real with it, and then I think other stuff came up, and that kind of fell through because I think he was kind of interested in trying to book people on stuff. Um, but... Uh, I think I might just change it on my website or I'll, or I'll just make a website. That's been the next like step for me is making a website because I'm at the point where I need to do that you know, and have all the show dates on there because I have like 15 spots over the next month coming up and well, they're well, not organized. <laughs> send them to me. I will definitely uh, remind people okay. of them and post them on minddogtv.com. But you're a computer science guy, man. You should have had a website since age six or something. <laughs> I know. I, I'm very good at making websites. I actually, for a while, made some money by making other comedians' websites. <laughs> Just, yeah, um, I, I go. I've never wanted to pay a. a like hosting fee hosting fee that's basically why i haven't even though 
you know, right now, I mean, I, pr- I produce shows too out here and that's how I'm really making money right now. Well, a lot of people rely on Facebook. Well, a lot of comedians do rely on Facebook for that stuff and fan pages or business pages that they right. make up for that stuff. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I have a business page for uh, Slow Comedy Underground. That's my production. Company. Oh, that's I'll right. I think that. I saw that one. I think I'm. A, I think I'm on there. I think I uh, joined that group. I don't know. Oh, a business page or fan it, whatever it's <laughs> called. The language yeah. changed. Followed it. Joined it. Uh, you probably followed it. Um, yeah. I don't think you can join it yeah. uh, as much as I'd like to start a cult. They won't yeah. let me. No. Would you like to start a cult? <laughs> uh, sure. Because yeah, northern, well, you're not really northern. You're like mid-California. But northern California is the place you ought to be for cults. <laughs> for cults. Yeah. I mean, the Nixium guy, Nabixium, whatever. Oh, yeah, Nabixium. Yeah, that was, that's the one with the, the former Smallville actress, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> I well, watched that show growing up, yeah. Cult leader is a good uh, <laughs> occupation if you can get it. They should have a... Um, a training program for how to be how to be a cult leader a program in in schools for that like that's a career path <laughs> that's go down it should be a career path i think more people more we need more cults um, <laughs> good cults we need good cults not not the not the crazy kind of cults that keep people hostage and, and shoot them uh yeah but those uh, do make good documentaries so yeah uh, so you stay away from politics and stuff, but do you have any? Uh, uh, what do you follow? What What do you are you in, into the Winter Olympics? Do you follow sports? What? Do, oh, what do you... I'm a big sports guy. I do follow politics closely. I just don't talk about it on stage. But right. uh, um, yeah, I'm a big uh, I'm a big sports guy. Um, I've been watching. I grew up doing it, so I'm a fan of it. I know it's not a sport people watch, but during the Winter Olympics, I've been watching all the cross-country skiing, yeah. which is what now, some people would consider the least exciting. But it's very exciting if you know what you're watching. Um, it, it, well, it's fun. To, I, you know what? I don't. Uh, I have to always have the same friggin'. It's like uh, I'm on broken record here. I don't have a television, so and I don't have television <laughs> in my house. I don't have any kind of cable feed or any like that kind of stuff, so I don't get to watch it. But when I did. I always found that enjoyable watching the snow stuff, but I I don't think you have really have to know too much about yeah. the sport to because it's pretty and you just kind of relax and get stoned well, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's one way to do it. Um, um, but, but yeah, what, also big hockey, soccer. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Um, hockey. Ho- yeah, hockey, soccer. What what a, a Formula One. Uh, pro cycling and Australian football. Those are like the five sports I watch. But, really? So you're not into the... This is interesting. I think American youth is turning away from... Uh, maybe I'm wrong about this, but like the traditional... Well, uh, yeah. Four major... Well, hockey is one of those, but... Yeah, it uh, is. But it's the least popular, or right. traditionally the least popular. Uh, even though there was a time where it was more popular than basketball, apparently. But uh, really? uh, I think my generation is kind of soured on baseball. We don't see this fast. I kind of like football. I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, so it's not 
How does really that happen? fun to watch. <laughs> How does that happen? A kid from Colorado becoming interested in a Jacksonville Jackal. So, I, I know that's typical in football. Like people have fans. I have fans in Long Island who are fan, Pittsburgh fans or San Francisco fans, Dallas Cowboy fans. But those are good teams, and the Jaguars aren't. Uh, never have been. Right. But, but I, I always think you, you root for the team that's in your backyard. So Giants and Jets. If you're in New York. You're going to root for the Giants and Jets. Right. Why would you become a Dallas Cowboy fan? Um, well, I'm a Jaguars fan because when I was a little kid, I didn't really like football, but a lot of my friends did. And as little kids, kids just pick the best teams and they're like, that's my favorite team. So everyone was like Patriots, Giants were good around that time, Steelers, Saints won their Super Bowl somewhere in there. I, I don't really remember that well. But I didn't like football, so I was like, I'm going to pick the worst team because I like their like logo and colors. So that's how I became a Jaguars fan. Yeah. yeah. So you're not a, you're not a better at all. You don't you know. Uh no, I I, I uh, I'm not a better. Because I, if you went to mybookie.com and put down up to a thousand dollars, becomes two thousand dollars in. Instantly. If I was, I'd use that website mybookie.com <laughs> mybookie.com and use the promo code minddog uh you've heard david uh kind of endorse it here as his go-to gambling site oh yeah for sure is that legal in california i don't know <laughs> i don't well void where prohibited okay uh let's cover ourselves there i don't know i don't even know i don't even know if it's legal in new york and i'm advertising here and they've been advertising for a couple of years now so uh i haven't had any right. backlash against it um what with the with the Winter Olympics? Can you explain to me, or, or do you even know about this? Stuff, all the controversy about doping, and uh, I, I'm not even sure if doping is the same as performance enhancing drugs. Do you can do you know about this? Well, stuff? dope doping, blood doping is, uh, I think actual blood doping, and I'm I mostly know about this because I've been watching the Tour de France for years, and that's had its issues <laughs> um, with, do- with doping with yeah. doping yeah i mean you know lance armstrong is the biggest one but yeah so what doping is is you work out at a high level or high altitude right a really high altitude and then you extract blood from your body or maybe it's maybe i have this backwards maybe it's you work on yeah, no, you work at a high altitude, you extract the blood in your bo- from your body, and then you re-inject it or, at a low altitude, or I might have that backwards. <laughs> Maybe one in the comments knows they can... <laughs> I wonder who the first guy to discover that or, or think about yeah. that. Like, I know what I... It seems like an awful lot to go through just to win. Oh, it definitely... Yeah, it's it can be pretty rough on the body. I will say I think it isn't as terrible for you as uh, PED, you know, performing enhancing drugs are. And I think now a lot of people group performance enhancing drugs into doping too. Because uh, I'll say, like, people refer to them kind of interchangeably. Yeah, now. this is why I'm confused. Like, I. Yes. <laughs> and as being somebody who just hears it in, in the headlines and stuff, I'm like, well, what's the difference with this stuff? And also, I'm confused about what can be called a, a performance enhancing drug because, uh, in some aspects, c- cocaine could certainly be. Performance right. enhancing, uh, but I don't. I don't. I'm not sure if that's like more. It's is it just steroids? You know, where does the list? Some people think yeah. marijuana could be performance enhancing drugs. Like, yeah, I, 
I, a lot of sports have all of that stuff banned for that reason. Um, the, and they test for it. It, I think it varies a little sport to sport. I'm not really sure. I know there is some big controversy now with, I think she's an ice skater, but yeah, I, I don't, ice skater, I don't I watch it's... ice skating. Yeah. Like a Russian ice skater. I don't watch ice skating. So I, no. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I, um, I got in a little bit of trouble this morning. Oh, somebody left pissed off. So <laughs> one of somebody in the audience was, uh, I was talking about, figure skating and that i would be a fan of it if the outfits were a little bit skimpier see i i am like a 14 year old i i live for the pop out and so if a girl is wearing like a string bikini and spinning around i think the odds of a pop out are much better and that would keep me interested i'd be watching figure skating just hoping for the pop out like a 14 year old kid i saw a nipple i could call my friends hello did you see it did you see the pop out um that's a sexist thing to say, and I'm terrible. I'm, I'm, I'm well, it is what it is. I mean, I'm honest about it. I, right. I realize. <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> but w- with the with the drugs now, uh, performance enhancing drugs. I'm not sure where I fall on this, and this I'm, the audience doesn't really give me much feedback every time I ask for this about opinions about this because I'm torn to think well, they should just legalize it and say. Sure, you want to do that to your body, go ahead. But then there, I think there's the other side of it where if I want to be clean and I don't want to be using these drugs, right. I don't have a chance to compete now because you have to be on them if you want to be competitive. Right. So you're saying to athletes, if you want to be a good athlete, you're going to have to destroy your body and take all these things that are not good for you in the long run. Where would do you? Uh, have an opinion on it? Do you fall anywhere? Uh, in, in I, I don't think they should legalize it. There was a time, right, where in the Tour de France and pro cycling, there were no rules. This is like 70s or 80s or something, like the Eddie Merckx era, which no yeah. one watching is going to know who that is. But uh, yeah. um, this is an old era, and again, this is a sport that has probably had more issues with PEDs and doping than anything else. But there were no rules against it, and like Riders were suffering like heart attacks at 25 and weird stuff like that. So I think it makes more sense to ban everything because they are bad for you. And yeah, it does kind of ruin some things when someone does something really amazing and then it comes out, you know, a few years later. Oh, you know, they were cheating. But yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. And the area you're talking about. I think those drugs were really a lot more dangerous than because Lyle Alzado was a, uh, a defensive back. I forget who he even played. Oakland Raiders, I believe. But right. he was he was one of the first guys using steroids. But the, whatever he was using, were, it gave him liver cancer. Pretty, and He was young. I think he was like 36, 38, something like that when he got it and died rather quickly. So it was a lot more dangerous then. But I definitely hear you. I mean... I don't want people to have to destroy their bodies right. to become, become athletes. They should have a right to uh, not have to do that and, and be successful at it. But I also think, um, uh, you know, I don't, if somebody's doing that, in baseball in particular, uh, it made the game better. <laughs> it did make the game better. Barry Bonds uh, hitting 70, whatever, 75 home runs or whatever in a season, whatever the hell he did. Uh, that was that was an impressive feat, and it was fun to watch, even though his head got like 
like this from the steroids. Hey, he wants to do that to himself. I I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on it. I'm, 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 I don't <laughs> so know. We did would. we did kind of touch on this earlier, but the way that my generation sees baseball, I mean, almost anything could make the game better. <laughs> right? No, I, <laughs> it's baseball. Right? Uh, baseball is definitely it's for it's a good game to take a nap at. <laughs> right. You know, it's for all people who just like uh like the nostalgia of it. But it's odd for me how baseball remains such a big uh expenditure. I mean, as far as uh, player salaries and and television coverage yeah. and all this stuff because I do think people don't care about it. It becomes background noise. I stopped watching it and somebody took me to a game two years ago before the pandemic took me to a game and it wasn't about baseball. It was about the food. It was about all these parks are like, you know, let's go see. And nobody's paying attention to the game. You're back checking out the restaurant or the bars and and the the shows that are going on in the back of of the audience. Nobody's paying attention to the game anyway. So very strange My fourth grade class went to a game and I remember having a lot of fun and I enjoyed it, you know, and it's a good memory. But if you ask me what the score of the game was, gun to my head, I have I have no idea. I don't even know who won. It was Rockies against someone. I don't know who they played. It was the Mets and they beat them. Uh, <laughs> Rockies won. Uh, yeah, so uh, so as far as the, the comedy stuff now, um, you got what do you got coming up? Let's let's book some of your gigs coming up. I mean, some, uh, let's see uh, what's today. Um, today is Wednesday. Uh, I'll, I'll be in no, Thursday, <laughs> Atascadero, California, tomorrow. I'll be in the Bay Area Saturday and Sunday. Um, I'm doing two shows on Saturday now, and then uh, two shows in the same place. No, uh, I'm doing like a 2 p.m. show in downtown San Francisco at, uh, I can't remember what that one's called. We we got to get you some really strong <laughs> online presence, online <laughs> calendar. I, I need a website so I can just say, look there. I, I Sometimes when I have a lot of shows in a row, like right now, I make one of those, you know, like banners that lists all of them and like the dates. So. I'll probably do that later today. That was going to be one of my projects to get done today because I don't have class today. I don't have J- class. Jamie Thursdays. Dykes is saying you're a narc. This guy's uh, a narc. People say that sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. Well, he, he I think what he's am safe. I narking on? Yeah, yeah. He, he's in Wales, so I, I, I don't think uh, he, he's going to get to him. Uh, yeah, I'm so, so, on the op. Um, so now we, we kind of covered this, but so with working, when you work, you're basically doing shows by yourself. You're not like opening for anybody. You're, you're doing your own shows and you're putting your own shows together. How are you getting the, I'm thinking probably the comedians that you're booking on your shows. If you're booking other comedians with you, uh, they're probably older and more established. No. Yeah. So the way a lot of shows work in California, right, is you have someone who's like producing and booking the show, and I do that. I I now have two monthly shows. My my next one's uh the twenty fourth, February twenty fourth, but uh, um, and then I'll host it. So I'll do like ten to fifteen up top, host it, and then I'll book like one or two openers. You know, I, I try to build the local scene a little. So sometimes I'll, one of those openers will do like just five minutes. Cause it'll be a newer comic. And because this is such a small scene here, you know, um, 
there aren't that many options. So most of the comics here are newer. And then I'll get usually get like uh, a feature and a headliner from either LA or the Bay Area. And that will be the show. It will be like four or five people on the show, including me. Right. And we just, I mean, we'll put people's faces on flyers, but no one around here knows those names. Now, some of those people are very experienced. You know, some of them have albums out, stuff like that. But no one who I'm booking here is a name you would know, especially because it's a, if you lived in L.A., maybe you'd know them. But since you live in New York, you probably know people at this level in New York, but you're not going to know people at this level. From I, LA. I, I, well, because of what I do, I think I probably because I'm always out there fishing and looking for comedians because. Right. Well, and for, first of all, it's hard to know everybody because there are seven billion comedians. in the world. Right. We live in a population of seven billion uh, people on the planet and six point nine billion of them are stand up comedians. It feels like that sometimes. Yeah, uh, I mean, I have five thousand friends on Facebook. I feel, or somewhere near five thousand friends. And right. I think over four thousand friends uh, have a picture like this in front of a brick wall. Well, <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Facebook caps you at five thousand too. So <laughs> now that you're coming up to that, you're gonna have to start unfriending people. Oh no, <laughs> I, I have had done do that. I, you know, just dump people and like, no offense, but I gotta find some fresh blood. You're still, you know, you can still message me. We can still be in, you can be on the show, whatever. But right. I, I got to go find some new people. <laughs> it is what it is. But it's uh, so part of that is um, rotation because they, they they cap you at that. But which is why I think Twitter. And again, I I make more context with more established and well known comedians on Twitter. I think right. it is a status symbol. You should be on there. Let's get you on Twitter, man. Come on. Get on get get open up a right Twitter. Now? Right now. You want me to now. open a Twitter account right, right, now. right, right now. now? Let's open a Twitter account. <laughs> I've yeah. been meaning to do it anyway, so it's not like it's that big a deal. Yeah, I know. Um, um you, are you appearing on Because uh, now everybody you know, everybody's a stand up comedian, everybody's a podcaster. Have you thought about doing that or doing your own or attempted to do it? I have thought about doing my own podcast sort of deal. Um, I just don't have the setup for it right now, you know. I mean you you pretty much can see everything I own (laughs) in the shot right now. (laughs) This is this is my room. Nice little calendar you have up there. Some boxes on bed. Nice piano, yeah, that was twenty bucks. Um, really that uh, I was going to ask you about that that's a uh, keyboard like a mini keyboard you got going on back there it's a it's a normal keyboard I, I think the uh, angle's weird so it looks smaller than yeah. it is it's a, it, you know it's your standard keyboard um, I got it for 20 bucks on Cat Craigslist I don't wow. really know how to play it but I know some stuff and I mess with music stuff I have a guitar that used to be my mom's that I have for free too <laughs> Those are my two instruments I can play very poorly. Um, you used to be your mom's. I'm sure she does. Your mom still play or no? Does she have another guitar? Or is she... Uh, no. My my mom uh, does not <laughs> still, yeah. still play. She she took lessons when I was little. My mom was a person who she stopped working when she had uh, me, and then later my brother. And 
before she started working again, she's an elementary school teacher now, but in that area before she started working, she kept picking up like all these random hobbies for brief periods of time. So she did that. And the weirdest one, and this brings us back to something we were kind of talking about earlier, is uh, she became an adult amateur competitive figure skater <laughs> for a while. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I never watched her do it or, or anything. I, I played hockey when I, it was, this was when I was really little. I think uh, you have to start that stuff really young because I was talking about that in the, well, yeah. the beginning. I, I, you know, if it was 45 years ago, I might consider get, putting on a pair of skates. But at this point, <laughs> I think I'd break a hip and that would be the end of my life just because I thought I could ice skate. Well, yeah, so my mom was going to competitions where it was all kids, right? And then there'd be an adult division, and it would have her and the two other women with midlife crises coming on. And they'd all do their little competition, you know? And there were always only, like, two or three of them. Um, she would always tell us about them. I don't think I ever went, but I, I don't know. Maybe I did and don't remember it. Wow. Well, uh, um, are you a, a fan or, or a? I don't even know. Fan is the right word, but do you do you look at the history of comedy and uh, history of stand up and know uh, the people who've come before you in your craft? I I'm not as much as some people, but I try to like look into it. You know, I've watched a lot of the light. Like I've watched the Comedy Store documentary that everyone watched. Um, I have read uh, comic lives is that the, what that one's called by betsy borns or something yeah. um, who, who i believe i also met and that covers a lot of that early history too um who? i listen to stand up before school every day that's what i do on my walk to school i find cool. that who, who do you like my three favorites right now are uh jim jeffries good one um wyatt Sinak. Used to be oh, on the yeah, Daily uh, Show. Yeah, 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 I know why. Lesser known, but um, and uh, Sam Morrill. Oh yeah, I like Sam Morrill too. Uh, he's he's hard to pin down sometimes. Uh, cause yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what he is, but he gets political. But I'm not sure. Sometimes well, I yeah. think he's far right. Sometimes I think he's left. Sometimes I think he's a libertarian. I, I talk, talk it, it, it is hard to pin him down. Um, I I think I don't know. Uh, I, someone told me he was liberal in real life. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I will say the thing that confused me the most is I was on his Wikipedia page like a few weeks ago and he used to be like a regular or a recurring guest on like Greg Gutfield's like oh, yeah. Fox, Fox News that's, comedy I know. show. That's the kind of stuff that confuses me. Like, <laughs> But I see a lot of people who I think are have left tendencies and i see great gut because i you know let's face it television time is television time and if you're a up-and-coming comedian you're not going to turn down right that. that's what it seemed it came off as to me like looking into it because yeah. especially in his crowd work if you watch some of his crowd work that he'll post on youtube that tends to show that he's probably liberal i yeah. don't know yeah, yeah. And that's off the cuff. I think his written material, he likes to ride the line and keep people guessing. Yeah, uh, I, I hear you. Uh, the reason I asked you, because, you know, are you familiar with James Inman? <laughs> no. 
name. Probably not. Uh, James is uh, he's in the movie The Unbookables, and uh, and if you ever hear him, he'll just talk about. I just saw that he re- reposted, the, he retweeted the, the thing that you were on the program today. <laughs> he, um, so obviously he knows about you now. Uh, not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> No, it doesn't matter. You know, he's he's on the East Coast, I assume. Um, no, he's in no. Kansas City. Oh, Kansas City. You know what? That oh, maybe I have met him because I did a week there during COVID when nothing was open. I, wow. me and another comic friend of mine, we we're like, it'd be nice to get on stage again because this was early on, nothing was running, and like we looked around and we we're like, and I was in Denver at the time, and we we're like, Kansas City's an eight-hour drive. They have seven mics for the week they have no shows right now but they have seven mics per week so we went we did a week of mics and then went home it was you know it was a fun trip but made some connections now if i go back there i could do real shows and get booked right uh, good good stuff i mean uh, yeah that area is a, a pretty um hot area another there are little pockets i'm finding like up in illinois indiana there's a pretty hot comedy scene minneapolis uh not minneapolis michigan that there's uh a hot scene new york is not even though new york city you would think is still kind of uh a good place for prestige and all that stuff new york is not one of the better comedy scenes boston is definitely but new york not not. Yeah, I think New York, similar to LA, you have to already kind of be something, right? Right. Like you have to be at a level where you can be a regular at a club. Right. So yeah, and what we see here, and what I see here all the time, is producers who are charging people. I don't know if this is the case with 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 you or the area where you are, where people make you pay to play. Not only do you have to bring a certain number; it's not a, just a bringer show, but you have to pay to get five minutes of time is that a, a, a standard thing where you are that's i mean in san luis obispo county no because we we have audience members at our mics like our mics are good um it's in la pay to play is totally a thing i have never done even a bringer show i've never done a bringer show wow um, uh mostly just because i don't have friends no <laughs> yeah, I, I, do, I, 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 I do but you know um as soon as I so I start I started in LA because it was over the summer. It was really between my freshman and sophomore year of college, and I started in LA and I did three months of just awful open mics and I was doing terrible. But so was everyone else because no one laughs at those mics because it's just comics. So I wasn't getting laughs, but I didn't know how bad I was because no one else was getting laughs. You know, it doesn't teach you to get better um, that way. But then I moved here. And back because the school year started again. And as soon as I moved here, like within a month, I had already booked something because just the standard here was a lot lower and it's a lot easier. Um, And that's really how I developed is I just got offered a lot of stuff around here. And then right before I think it was like January or February before COVID hit is when I really started to travel and I started to get offered stuff like around the state and even out of the state. I think I, I had stuff set up in New York uh, for spring break, but right before, um, or it was the week after COVID hit. So all of that got canceled, but I think I had like two or three shows set up 
in New York City. I don't know if they would have been good. I assume they wouldn't have. <laughs> they no, if you can get on the stage, you're definitely yeah. going to get. You know, the audiences love comedy. It's just, it's it's a really, like you said, I think a lot of it, uh, you do have to already have some kind of name recognition. And if you don't, that's when they're going to ream you. Kelly Cool uh, from Kansas City, she says she's out of it. She would not consider com uh, Casey a, a hot comedy scene. I'm not sure if hot is probably the right way to describe yeah. it, but I think there's a lot of opportunity. That's what. Uh, I, yeah, there's probably a lot of opportunity. I, again, I, I wouldn't know if it was a hot... I don't know if I'd say it was a hot scene. Yeah. What no, it was I, I is... is it was a scene that didn't give a shit about COVID. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I went there. Um, I don't know. I yeah. mean, you know, the the people there were nice. I don't think I've ever been to. I've been a lot to a lot of scenes. You know, I've done shows in like uh, not really a lot east, but I've done Kansas City, Austin, Salt Lake, Phoenix, Denver. Yeah. And then a she lot says, of the surrounding areas. But there yeah. is a lot of comedy clubs. That's basically the point I was making. So yeah. I said the wrong word. Back up, Kelly Cool. <laughs> uh, to your point, though, what you you were saying about bringer shows. Now, Carl Mann, who was in the audience, who is a very funny comedian from from London, England, now living in Wales. Uh, when I had him on on the program, uh, I was explaining to him about my experience in, in stand-up comedy about uh, not just a bringer stuff because I was uh, a professional musician at the time and making money doing that. I had to take off the night from music, which I was making like $300 a night for. Right. So I'm already $300 in the hole. Now I have to bring five people and not only I have to bring five people, but because the people don't want to come to see you, you have to bribe right. them. So if you come, I'm going to buy you dinner. So now <laughs> I'm buying dinner for five people. I'm at 300 to begin with. Now I'm down 500 for five minutes of time where you're going to get the light and only get three minutes. Right. And so uh, what Carl said to me, and, and I have a clip here of his answer to Here's me. Here's where you've gone wrong. Because to get stage time, all you've got to do is suck a dick, right? <laughs> <laughs> All you need to do is to go, look, I'm not gay, but do you know what? If I have a shot of whiskey, I can suck this dick <laughs> so I can get on that stage. I'm so, uh, <laughs> any, uh, any comment on that? I mean, <laughs> it's funny. Um, I, I got offered a bringer show, I think, two weeks doing comedy in L.A., it was I, I my first set wasn't slow, but it was right at the end of the year. So I went to LA right after that. Right, two weeks doing the comedy in LA. I did a set at the Ha Ha Cafe, which is a club there. I know. And I I think something like the heat lamp fell over or something during my set, and I made fun of it. And I riffed on it, and I had probably my best set to that point. I think if I looked at it now, I'd be like, that wasn't very good. I probably have a recording at it. That'd be curious to check out, but. Uh, it was all riffing and it went really, really well. And then the next day they call me and they're like, yeah, so, you know, we have a spot for you. And I was super psyched about that. And they're like, yeah, so you got to bring five people, you know, tickets are 20 bucks. And I went, I just you moved here. five I, people to LA and they know yeah. you're not from LA, right? Right. I, I, well, I don't, I don't think they knew I wasn't from LA at the time I was living in a friend's garage, um, with him and his mom. So I, <laughs> I was like, I have two people. <laughs> I can bring my friend and his mom there, who was, I guess, my landlord. But uh, um, I thought about, and I was like, there's no way I could get five people. So I just I told him, I was like, 
no, sorry. Um, and then I talked to other comics about that, and they're like, yeah, that's called a bringer. I didn't even know what a bringer was at that point in time, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm even as a even as an old cat. I remember that term being used a lot, even in music before I got into comedy and all that stuff. I'm going to give you some uh, old boomer sage advice, okay. and you can take it for, or, or leave it for what it's worth. But um, no, not, not taking calls right now, folks. Thanks. Uh, um, <laughs> the part that you're talking about, the you know, I was living in a car, living in a friend's garage, whatever. Uh, I just came up with a, a guy who's been in the in the business for 30 years. He's successful, very successful guy. Uh, I was talking to him the other night, and it's really important. I know it's hard for it might be hard for you to even get behind what I'm saying, but to really embrace the poverty, the, the struggle, oh, yeah. the being poor part of it. Because so many people nowadays, especially, so many people bypass that. And whatever the internet or television or competitions, America's Got Talent and all that stuff, oh, yeah. will make a person successful without having to go through that. And those people who haven't gone through that, I, at least from my experience, don't have the appreciation, the love, or can't experience the success the success becomes so much sweeter because of the struggles and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's a really, I know, and it's hard to really say, well, I should love being poor and eating fish out of a can or sleeping in somebody's <laughs> right. garage. But I'm telling you, as you get older, uh, you look back on it and say, man, my life is so much better because of that. So I just, you know, yeah, I mean, that. I've, I've, uh, I, I'm great at slumming it. I, for a while in Denver, I lived in, um, it was this house with like seven other comedians and I lived on the, I lived in the basement hallway on the floor and I didn't even have the entire hallway to myself because my friend Eric had the other side of the hallway. So I shared a basement hallway for a while, but it was $50 a month. So, you know, you, <laughs> yeah, no, when I first went to LA and now I'm going to date myself 1976, we played, well, we yeah. stayed in a, a hotel on Bonnie Bray and sixth street, which was right across. They was filming George Collin and um, Richard Pryor. I think we're both in the same movie called car wash. And okay. it, it were a black black exploitation is what they called the films right across the street from where they were filming that. But it was East LA, the worst part of LA. And we stayed in a hotel called the hotel Californian. Uh, and uh, the, the room was $26 for two people, uh, two beds, $26 a week. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we were, were splitting our, our rent was $13 each a week. That's how good. Which we... even then, yeah, would not a lot. By the way, I created a Twitter during all this. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what is it? You. It's uh, at, at I'm not a Dave. I made it I'm... the same as that. That seemed like the right call. Cool. Um, well, everybody go follow him right now. Everybody in the chat room, follow. go follow him right now. Yeah, I'll follow you oops. right after the. There uh, you go. Right, right after there. the program. And then we could start putting your dates up there so people don't have to kind of guess where you're going to guess. Well, no. at, I, on Instagram, I usually have my dates. I try to put the flyers up for most of before they happen. Yeah. Oh, so you're putting flyers on there. Because at, at Instagram, and because I'm a boomer, I don't get Instagram as well as other people. Because you're right. Every, every other 
social media, you can put links in it and all this stuff for more information. Yeah. So how to make that work? It's always been a struggle for me. Like I'm putting up pictures. What? And people are liking my I have 7,000 followers on, on Instagram. And yeah. I don't know what the Love fuck they're following me for because all I'm doing is posting pictures of the guest I had on today. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I always put a link uh, you can put links in in your bio. I think. Right, one link in the bio. So, well, and you can make that a link tree, which will maximize your stuff. But right, um, I don't know why they don't let you link stuff. I guess to avoid spam or something. Instagram um, is for boomers, even TikTok. No, I think you like got that wrong. Being <laughs> antagonistic, <laughs> to, uh, that's not the right word. Um, he's not quite boomer. I think he's a Gen Xer or whatever. Whatever he Millennial? is, he's not I a boomer. Know. Yeah. Uh, so what are you? Are you? I guess you're a millennial, right? Is that what you are? I think I'm still. It, it depends on when you where you decide. Because I was born in '98, and some people say the millennial cutoff is 2000, and some people say the millennial cutoff is '96. So oh. I'm one or the other. <laughs> Pick your. What, uh, what comes after millennial? Gen. Next X. gen. <laughs> next gen. Next wait, is millennial Gen X? I guess Gen Z. Gen it, Z. Wait, is that the one I might be? Or is Gen know. Z even one more after me? I don't, I'm not really sure how long generations are. Right, or they're 20 years, generally. Oh, 20, okay, well then, I, I, yeah, so I think it is Gen Z, because so the one after me. This is my concern me, yeah. here, though. If we're up to Z, does that mean there's no, not going to be a next generation? Or we have to I end mean, humanity now? We just got the world shut down by a pandemic. I'm okay <laughs> with it. I am, I've been hoping for the asteroid to come, but I'm definitely okay with we it. Might, uh, you know, everyone says it's probably too late on the Google, uh, global warming front. You know, we kind of... Well, Screw yeah, and so it's on not for people your age that the world is coming to an end. But for yeah. my, people my age, don't really give a fuck because we only have a, <laughs> we don't have that long left anyway. But so, Jeff, tell me a little bit about what it's like to be a young person when in the age of COVID and and yeah. COVID, are you filled with anxiety about your, your future or not? I'm not, but I'm just not the type of person who gets anxious. Um, you know, everyone my age has self-diagnosed anxiety. I, I, I don't. <laughs> but uh, um, I don't know. I'm. I, I I wouldn't say I'm like worried about it. I'll, I'm very good at adapting. So whatever happens, I'll just make it work. That's. I remember having that conversation with a guy who was older than me. Fifty years ago, and we were um, we were talking about the world, and he's uh, coming to an end at some point. And he said, "Human beings always evolve, and no matter even nuclear war will evolve through that. No matter what, humans right. will find a way to adapt and become out of it." But I think so. My earlier this week, I was talking about. Uh, I think there is a possibility because I was talking about all the trans issues and that are going on in the world. I think there's a possibility that at some point in the distant future not too distant future though we're going to be evolving into this androgynous almost a being that looks kind of like the aliens that people talk about you know the big-headed big eyes no sex no gender uh type of beings i think that's my, my what the human race might be becoming oh, not in your lifetime though I don't yeah think. i don't think in my lifetime i don't know you know 
people yeah. can do whatever they want, in my opinion. Um. <laughs> no, I, I agree. No, I'm, I'm fine with all of it. I just, it seems like that's where we're going. I think at some point uh, we'll, we'll just evolve, continue to evolve into uh, something different. And, you know, evolution is not something that ever stops. Evolution, if you believe right. in evolution and if you don't, you're kind of not really paying attention. But right. if you believe in evolution, you know it's an ongoing thing. It's the human race is definitely not done evolving and i'm just imagining where we might be going right and then when i look at where we're going i said damn it looks like we're the people who come with the stories of uh, i've seen aliens or i've been abducted by aliens that seems to be like exactly where we're headed that <laughs> big headed big eyes big, you think our eyes will grow <laughs> all, all brain no physique because oh. we don't we don't exercise we just sit in front of computers and all that yeah. stuff yeah yeah. Oh yeah. Are you into any of the paranormal stuff? Uh, I mean, not particular. I I think there are. I don't believe in ghosts or anything like that. I think what, there are. What about probably, UFO alien visitation? Do you believe in any of that? I don't. I don't know if we've been visited by aliens. I think there are aliens, but they might be way too far away for us to ever meet them. That's that was always my uh, contention too. Like, what, first of all, to travel through the universe, right. it, what I used to say was, you know, if, to go at fast enough speed to get from light years away to here uh, in any amount of time, you'd have to go be going fast enough that if you hit a, a piece of dust, you would have you would break up and <laughs> right, because, exactly, you know. yeah. Like unless hyperspace turns out to be real, right. <laughs> we're probably. Uh, we're probably screwed. I mean, or, you know, we figure out how to cryogenically freeze people for long enough that they can, you know, travel yeah. for years and years and years, yep. you know, and not die. Or we make ships people can live full lives on and they'll get to the destination in a number of generations. Who knows? You yeah. Know? Well, that's thinking out of the box. Good way to go. Uh, the important question that everybody wants to know, and I'll let you go after this one because this is like, does David have Axe products in his bathroom? Um, I use, uh, I don't use Axe. I use, uh, what's it called? Uh, my deodorant's all the way over there. It's, it's called Koa uh, Coffee. Koa Coffee. Is uh, yeah, I, I, rub the gra I, I rub the grinds all over my body. And there you go. You go to KoaCoffee.com, get the promo code MINDDOG to get David's... Um, I remind it? people of their fathers who drink too much coffee. I don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's the, the way to, to turn people on is to actually smell like their fathers. <laughs> anyway, David, thank you for for, for yeah, thank you for me. having me. My pleasure, and uh, we'll keep in touch, and we'll follow you, and, and definitely good, help promote yeah. you along the way. And look for big things. So when you make it big, when you when you're like the biggest. Uh, comedy star in america uh let's not forget this moment so i could take some credit for it like i i'm the guy who yeah no i'll, I'll cut when i'm the biggest one in america i'll come back on <laughs> i'll come back on i'm gonna hold you to that my, my fan I'm, I'm gonna have this tape with me that right. sound bite and i'm gonna say look remember <laughs> you said you do it <laughs> if i'm still alive but hopefully yeah well, thank yeah. thank you for i uh, sincerely thank thank you for yeah thanks in. matt it's been great thanks bye David Ulfelder, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. Let's follow him on Twitter. I want everybody to uh, uh, go there and follow him on Twitter, please. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I hope you'll help continue to support this young guy. Listen, I've been on this rant for so long, I can't even remember. But we don't want just old boomers. Of course, um, or, or even older millennials or any of these people, whatever gens you want to call. We don't want people just in their 30s and 40s dominating comedy. We need some young blood, no younger perspectives, uh, new ideas uh, to keep things fresh, keep ideas fresh. Uh, Got to be inclusive of age as well. And, and I don't think there are enough uh, young people out there that are getting recognition. So this is why it was really important for me to have David on here today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found him interesting, interesting enough to go check out uh, his work. I will share uh, his YouTube video on my Twitter, Twitter today. I think you'll be very impressed with the five that I saw. Uh, and I'd love to hear your questions and comments about it. Tomorrow, I ha- it should be a weird show. I got a guy named Jeffrey Wiseman on who's from um, Canada, and he's very opinionated about what's going on in Canada at the moment, the trucker thing. But he's, also, he's, he's a stand-up comic, and he's also... <sighs> How do I put this? New agey, <laughs> new agey, and a lot of stuff. Yeah, like he would be, he would fit in well on the live stream of consciousness show, and probably we will end up on there. It's most of uh, most of the guests who talk about new agey stuff. I, I will recommend there and steer towards Mike Zinn and his program. So Jeffrey Wiseman will be with me tomorrow for coffee with the dog. Then tomorrow night I have an ex male dancer, you know, the, the dancing bear. <laughs> <laughs> kind of guy uh a male stripper uh take it off is his new book um and we're cory hilton is his name a lot of corys in the male sex business <laughs> i think cory's a cory's a hot young uh guy name i think anyway uh cory hilton will be with me tomorrow at 8 p.m and that should be an interesting show because i don't know if how many people are aware of this but i have male dancing in uh in, you know stripping in my background as well and I don't mean me. No, I mean the guys always sticking dollars down this. I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, I actually did it twice in, back in the, long before uh, it was even a thing. I'm talking about in the 1970s or very early 80s uh, when I was buff and uh, I won the Mr. Buns contest. I will, I'm not kidding. I won the, I won, well, I think it was $250 in the Mr. Uh, Mr. Buns contest. Anyway, at tomorrow night. So join me both for coffee with the dog t- tomorrow. And uh, then my dog TV tomorrow night. I uh, don't have another show later today. I'm back to writing the book. So thanks for joining me today. I uh, hope you enjoyed the program. And I want you to remember always there's something very important I want you to do every morning uh, when you wake up. It's very important that you. Turn on your radio, baby.